So I totally agree. Outbound calls and targeted cold calling is alive and well, and it's very effective. And to your point at the start, which is the inbound movement in some ways has done a disservice in positioning outbound calling as bad and ineffective. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to another special episode of Inbound Buzz. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, and you're listening to episode number 62. As always, I hope you're well wherever you're tuning into the show. This is interview week, folks. Of course, every second week, I bring you an expert interview with an industry expert. Well, today is a little bit different because I'm not speaking to one expert, but two experts. Secondly, it's not really an interview. We're calling it the crossover episode between Inbound Buzz and Hubshots with Ian and Craig. Call it a panel discussion of sorts, if you will. There is also a video version of the show, which is a whole different experience altogether, and you can check it out, including all the show notes and any links at redpandas.com.au forward slash EP62. Well, I hope you really, really enjoy this. Me and the guys have been wanting to put this on for you for a very, very long time, and um, yeah, hopefully you enjoy some of the banter as well. We brief on topics you don't want to miss out on, like blogging. Now, everyone's got one now. Should you kill it? And if you do... What do you do instead? We give our expert tips on SEO. Is it alive and kicking? And what does the modern what does the modern SEO's toolkit look like in 2017? Also, cold calling. Is it really dead? And if it is, why are so many people still doing it? I'll give you a hint. It's not. But the way you do it in 2017 is very different and very advanced indeed. All that and a whole lot more in this special crossover episode of Inbound Buzz. Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Inbound Shots. The first crossover episode of Inbound Buzz and my good friends from Hub Shots. I'm Moby Sadiq. I'm Ian Jacob. And I'm Craig Bailey. And thank you for joining us. So, I mean, we, we've been meaning to do this ever since we were in Boston, right? So, before we kick off, I just want to say, and this wasn't planned or anything, but <laughs> Inbound with you guys was fantastic. And I only kind of mention it because like now even, you know, the guys from the Hubcast are talking about inbound coming up just being a couple of months away. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure in the coming months we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I just want to say like doing it with someone, you know, doing the, the inbound with someone, I think really puts you in good stead. So just want to publicly thank you for that. And hopefully everyone who's listening can join us next time. Yeah, I totally agree. It's much better as a group. Absolutely. Loved it. All right, Moby, what are we talking about today? So this is the dead episode. And I don't mean because of the dead air or anything like that, but we're actually going to be talking about a couple of things that, you know, people proclaim to be dead or things that have changed. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the blog dead. So before we kind of jumped on, we all jumped on to inbound.org and we looked at the most common sort of topical bits of content that are out there. And there was a really cool one around the blog being dead. And what this, and I'll quickly just frame it and then and we can all jump in. This content agency in the UK called 55.6 or something put out a post and it sounds a bit clickbait and it kind of is. And they said, you know, we've, we're proclaiming that the blog is dead. So all they really did was they removed the word blog from the URLs and they turned the website into what they call quote unquote a content destination. 
So what do you, I'll, I'll kick it to yourself, Craig. Like, what do you think of that? Like, do you think that is a smart move? Should we all now be proclaiming the blog is dead and you know turning our websites into content destinations? Uh, so no, <laughs> we shouldn't. Uh, but I think the distinction that you made when we were chatting before the show is really around is the blog a separate entity and whether it's something that's tacked on to the actual site. And that was a good point that you made. And I think that is the distinction. Should we be doing that? No, it should be integrated. And that's, I think, the key thing that came out. So it's not about the format or whether it has a date or whether it's got a category or even if it's got a sidebar. Because, you know, we've seen this trend where we move towards the blog post just being a single page, Hmm. full width, that kind of thing. That's all good. It's still a blog post in my mind. It doesn't have to be called a blog. Yeah, but the fact that it's integrated is kind of the key piece, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's not just... um, We've probably seen this with all our clients, right, Ian? Like, you know, the... I think gone are the days of you've got a website or we'll tack on a blog and we'll put our news there and we'll put our blog there like actually integrating that like is that what you're finding with your clients as well absolutely and i think it just depends what niche you're in as to what you call it so in some niches where we operate in it might be the knowledge base for example could be news and updates Mm -hmm. so it just depends and so we've kind of gotten away from calling it the blog even though it operates as a blog but really that's it's key is that what information is it giving and what information is helping that end user solve right solving for the problem remember solving for the problem yeah i think that's really the key it's like what are we helping people do because at the end of the day i always think is it giving the information that i need to to feed what i need to be fed so i i take for example i look at a i read a car blog every day right this one car blog what do i do i go and look at the latest information that's available. I don't really, it, it is a blog. I don't really care that it's called a blog or I think it's called actually latest news on cars. <clears throat> and that's what I look for because that to me is what, I, what I'm after. So if we, I like that analogy, if we draw parallels to that to service and consumer based industries, it's easy for media publishers because that's all they do. Yeah. But what that car blog doesn't have, it's, it doesn't take, you know, three quarters of the fold that says we're the best blog and we're great because no. we have more topical news than everyone, da, 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 and then here's some news. So funnily enough, the other, when, I, when, I, when we saw this article and we were looking at it, it reminded me of another trend I'm seeing where, um, and I looked at my own website too, like, you know, if you, if you talk about having the best customer experience, if everyone has it, it means nothing. You know, so like above the font, I like the idea of actually having, you know, maybe not a slide, actually having answers to questions your consumers have. I've seen some websites where they, you can tell they've done this strategically, where they have like the top four questions that people will ask them. Like I saw a lawyer client um, that a client of ours were looking to kind of compete against. I like what they've done. You know, do I have a case? Yeah. Um, you know what? What are my upfront costs, etc., etc. They've obviously thought about that, and then later below the fold, this is some of their USPs. So I think the limitation and the the danger of following a thing like the blog is dead is you still have to make money. <laughs> like we're still obviously here to make money as well. So the, in the hierarchy of needs, we need to have um, answering those questions and then having what we do. So when people are ready, bottom of funnel to make a decision, we're there for them. Yeah, agree. So the blog is not dead. It's not dead. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, you know, the minute takeaway there is embedded in your site. Don't just add it as an appendage, as an add-on that you could cut as easily as you add it. Yeah, absolutely. So what's right. the next thing that's dead? What's the next thing that we add? Well, is SEO dead? Of course, is the question that always comes up, isn't it? We're every, every week there's a new post I'll see on SEO mm. is dead. 
I, I'm never actually sure what they actually mean. It's kind of like, and I think this often comes up in another way. It's kind of, is SEO a scam? And the question or the answer is always part of, well, what is SEO? What's your definition of SEO? Because there's definitely some really spammy sides to SEO, as there is to any kind of marketing. <laughs> is that dead? P- probably. It's probably becoming ineffective. Yeah. But what doesn't help is, it's funny, right? Like, you know, we all run agencies, consultancies, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we get emails. Like, I know you guys get emails. I haven't even asked you this. I know you get emails. I get Every emails. Day. <laughs> oh, you're doing worse than I am. I get once a week. But it will have something like, you know, do you need SEO? Like, we've noticed you're the business owner. You know, yes. like, at least find out my name if you're going to spam me. I don't think that helps because everyone knows these are being fed out of, you know, like content farms out of India or Philippines or whatever yes. it is. I don't think that helps. I think that's right. And it's really is insert any activity. Is it no longer working? Well, it's probably dead, right? And why is it no longer working? It's because it's been either exhausted or overused or it's just become such a low value exercise. Spam email is so low value. Email itself can be high value. So it's not like email is dead, but it's low value email is dead. And we call that spam, right? And so any activity that provides no value is therefore ineffective and then should be dead. So you can Mm. insert anything into the is dead category. I'll use another example, right? Whenever people say, oh, I've been told I need to do SEO, I always ask them, what is the end goal? Like for us, when we talk about, it's all leads and sales, right? At the end of the day, what does SEO help me achieve with my leads and sales? Or do I just want to be number one for um, workwear, for example, right? Had a client that wanted to be number and he wanted to tell the whole world he was number one. I said, did that convert to any sales and put money in your bank account? That's really the end question that I was asked. Vanity target. Mm. Yeah, is it vanity or is it something that's actually driving our business forward? So I think that's really a key when I talk about SEO people. Mm. Is that what we think or you might think are the things that you need to rank for might actually not be the things you need to rank for. It's actually trying to figure out what's going to bring the business that we're after. So this is really, again, this case of solve for the problem, right? Exactly. It's yeah. what's the problem you need to solve. Exactly. And is SEO really the hammer for that now? In many cases, yes. Yeah, and possibly. And I always, I always say to people, and we use this strategy, is do some paid advertising and see what's working. See whether it's converting. Once you've got that data, then you can be better armed to go, well, okay, we know that this converts, this doesn't convert. Okay, let's go and start optimizing for this over mm. here because we know that's going to bring us business yeah i like that i think um there, there's a couple of sites to seo as well the the problem with a lot of these spammers and a lot of you know the, the quote-unquote cowboys that a lot of people have been burnt by is they operate under the the technical guys like when i summarize it if, if someone you know asks me that question i sort of say um it's an oversimplification but the answer i give is SEO is no longer, it's less of a science now, it's more of an art. And that's great for business owners and people with creative minds and marketers who don't know about all the Cody stuff and all the technical stuff. I'm not saying that isn't important. It is still important. But how many times are you going to run a toxic detox check yes. and check your internal links and, and how, how much value is that going to get, that effort? So maybe three, four, maybe more, maybe five, six years ago, if you paid and quote unquote SEO agencies because I don't believe in, in an SEO agency only you know I, I might be might have contrarian views to that but maybe four or five years ago it was maybe 70% of what they did was all technical stuff 
right? And, and like you the know keywords, what? A lot of, the density, a lot of people or whatever. Are still, still doing that. But I don't believe that's the case anymore. Yeah. Like, how many times are you going to do that? Like, you might do it. Maybe, maybe you pay someone to do that in the start to make sure the house is clean in the back yeah. and the website is fast yeah. and that sort of stuff. And you might only check it again for three months. But the rest of it, the 70 or 75% should be fueled. And not to go into this too much because we could go off on a huge tangent here is understanding your personas. What are they actually searching for? What are those, you, 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 you touched on this. What are those commercial keywords? Not just the, what was the other example you gave? Vanity. Yeah, work but wear. what was the, yeah, workwear. Yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe it's industrial workwear Correct. Brighton. You know, Absolutely. there might be 10% of the search, but right. the people doing, and this is a bad example, but people searching for workwear might just be looking for B2B supplies or trying to do a project or something. Exactly. You know, I think what a lot of what you're talking about, though, is part of what an SEO agency does. And it probably comes more around to the definition of what an SEO agency is. If I think of Siege Media and Ross Hutchins, and mm. he probably calls himself an SEO agency, but he does a lot of that stuff. You know, a proper SEO agency will do that persona. They'll, what is the problem we're trying to solve? Who's yeah. the target audience? And what are their problems that we can... Like, that's all SEO. Yeah. Conversion Call optimization. SEO. Yeah, sure. If mm. you look at the, the really great SEOs from the last 10 years, they were doing all of that. It wasn't just the, the keyword mm. stuffing and all that spammy stuff that's no longer effective. They were doing all of that stuff that we probably put under the umbrella of inbound marketing. Actually, yeah, yeah, or content or marketing, whatever it is. Yeah, even yeah. the PPC like testing keywords. Yes. Like SEO agencies, good yeah. SEO agencies right. do do actually that. do that. They don't call themselves a uh, SEM agency or a PPC agency, but that's part of their SEO arsenal, I guess. Yeah, so cool. I think that's alive and well. And so probably to your point, when you're saying just an SEO agency, you might. It's probably the definition, isn't it? Maybe it was just that limited because there are SEO agencies that just think all we do is some on-page stuff and they don't get it. It's not full picture. They don't understand the funnel. They don't understand the customer journey or any of that. Mm. You need all that as part of SEO. To call it whatever, but I guess the the toolkit is different now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Actually, that's a better way of putting it. The toolkit is different. It's much more mature now. It's advanced. So keeping that in mind, if, if that is sort of the toolkit... Um, and I, I think we'll all have a crack at this. Uh, what is your best SEO tip? Oh, that's a good one. Well, and look, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> there's but so if you had to give a hack, you know, like, Craig, what would be yours? Like, what okay, so I think it's a case by case. And it does come back to solve for the problem. Because quite often we'll go into, say, a large... Often the larger the customer, the less they've put any SEO or any consideration into, say, on-page optimization. So we'll go into, say, some large B2B companies and they don't have basic things like page titles, headings. They, they haven't Side thought maps. about... It. Yeah. So there's just some simple technical on-page stuff. So my tip for them is, right, let's get that in order. For another company that say it's a very agile, small business where they've got all of that technical side, that's when personas might be much more a, a, a piece. So the tip... There's no kind of best tip overall. It's really a case by case for me. I don't, I don't mean to dodge the question, but no, that's, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. It's solved for the problem is the best SEO tip. What's the problem you've got at the moment? Oh, you haven't even optimized your pages. That's the pro- that's the best SEO. You get tip something out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. I oh, know. What's your best tip? Uh, my best tip would be this is so. You know, one of the. The beauties of the way I do my podcast, as you guys know, every second week I'm interviewing someone, you know, so today we're doing crossovers, so I have the good fortune of talking to you gents, but um, I spoke to Tim Solo, the head of marketing from Ahrefs, 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. You, you heard that one? Yes. It was, and it's amazing. I get to speak to people infinitely smarter than myself and what you're always learning from these guys. And he said something that was really cool. So, and again, I'm not dodging or fluffing the question, but one of the things he said was the problem with a lot of SEOs or tools or whatever is they will look at it at the surface level. They don't look at the level down. So for example, all things equal, you know, what's, what's that? Like for instance, oh, this keyword, how many people are searching for it in your locality? This keyword, how many people are searching yep. for it? What they don't do is actually look at the competitor who is ranking for that keyword and seeing what other keywords they're ranking for. They don't go down to that level. Like they might do, they might do, okay, cool. What's that, what's that actual competitor doing to rank for that keyword? But that's where they usually will stop. They won't go and say what other keywords are they ranking for that are, are in homogenous groups that you can target. So that was pretty cool. I really, really like that. But the other really telling thing was how he said these SEO tools are broken. That was really cool. Like he was saying, you know what? We know AdWords now. So if you're relying on Google AdWords Planner as the SEO, as your SEO research thing, you're not really doing SEO. Forget it. That's terrible. We, know, we, we, we all know that, right? But even tools like Ahrefs, he didn't say this directly, but even tools like Ahrefs, or SEMrush, you might search for something. We've found this with clients. You might have, for instance, okay, let's say we sell microphones, right? You know, a particular type of micro, a black microphone, whatever, obviously. Or podcasting. Yeah, there we go. That's a good one. Thank you for saving me. I obviously don't know much about microphones. <laughs> got two in front of us. A black podcasting microphone. You're specifically looking for a black podcasting yeah. microphone because up until now, they've all been white, okay. whatever it is. Right? And you might find there's only you know, 10, 0 to 10 people searching for it. And yes. Even the tools, even the $150 tools. But you'll write content for it. You've, you've done your persona research, and this is what Tim was getting to. You've done your persona research. You've identified that this is what they look... They're actually, there's a subset of people looking for this. And you base that on your quote-unquote SEO strategy. You ignore the tools to an extent. You actually focus for the problem, the problem of the consumer. Because when we've done that, and then you, you go back to the, uh, in Google Analytics, you look at landing page reports, the tool will say there's only 10 searches, but there's been 50, 100 people landing mm. on that page. And I was like, shit, like I went back and I looked at my own stats. I'm like, yeah, that is so true. Like these keywords, the tools are saying there is not, so what he's essentially saying is there are huge limitations in these tools and how they aggregate and sample data. So my tip would be ignore those tools, start with, what those problems are and see whether you have answers to those problems in the form of an article that's nice can i just build on one of those because i it might have even been tim that was going through this when i was uh reading one of these articles this whole, whole idea that we used to think a couple of years ago about ranking a page per keyword so it's kind of like <coughs> this keyword we map it to that page it's very standard but whereas these days that's not the case it's really about all of these keyword variations we want to capture with this one page and going back to your point about competitors, that's often what you need to do. You say, oh, well, they're ranking number one for that page. But oh, that only gets 10 searches. No, actually, all the variations combined, it's that long tail effect. Mm. It's kind of like the combined overall search volume of all of those are all going to that one page. So it's, it's less about just one keyword that your competitor's ranking for. It's like this whole keyword topic that they're ranking for on a page. And I think that's a bit of a mind shift that we're we're seeing companies now starting to embrace and understand can i ask you a question on that so when you do that when you're picking for because you still need to put a keyword in the header yeah. right or the title so you're picking the best of the bunch best of the batch what do you do then so if there are tens and tens and tens say there's like say there is you know a hundred tens and they're all very different what do you use then well they're going to be around a theme 
right? So, and this is the so Ahrefs, Ahrefs. I think you can do this. You can actually look at a page and see all the different how it's getting traffic from all the different keywords. Now they're going to be around a theme, so there's not just one. There might be a head term that has say larger search volume, but all the other terms, which are variations, they haven't actually targeted or optimized with their header for that. But because the content covers that topic, Google's smart enough to know that even though the page title is not optimized for that variation, the content itself answers that question in a very, in a very, you know, useful way. Mm. So it provides value. So that actually comes back. That part of your process is really about the content that fills out. So you've got a keyword, a, a head term, but then you've actually got variations. You've got a keyword theme. And so then you're trying to answer all the questions related to that keyword theme in the actual content. So that's kind of that's probably just building on the topic that you went from. But yeah, that's the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Look, I think I would say voice search is becoming big. Like I, I look at the way we interact now and the how easy it is for people to communicate with devices to get the answer thereafter. You know, be it from your phone or from your desktop computer mm. from, your, from your Apple Watch mm. you know like people are talking to devices you look at what's it Amazon Echo you know people got that in their houses they're talking to it and asking it questions how does your content like so think about what does it look like if people ask questions so is the content actually answering those questions or are you still writing for people reading it that's my big tip mm, don't write for a robot uh, don't write for, for a robot write yeah. for a conversation or a question Absolutely. Think about what you do. It's like you don't type in a keyword when you're talking, right? I'll say, how do I find natural deodorant? And that's, and that's really <laughs> what we're after. Now, leading on to that, we're going to do a, the creative top 10, right? We'll do that after that. Yeah, save it. Save it. We'll save it. But the okay. inside joke, you guys will know in a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is my favorite one. Sorry, was that? No, no, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. That's it. This was my favorite one. Because I think this challenge is a convention of, um, at risk of splintering off into another discussion. The thing about inbound, and we we're talking about this before, we love inbound because us as practitioners, it codifies what the journey is like in terms of what we do, like how we actually fulfill that that buyer journey and the different tactics and strategies you can hit them. It, it, it codifies them. The whole point of attracting, converting, um, delighting. So it does that great, right? It's great for us. It's great for people coming into the marketing industry as well because it codifies what they need to do. It's a great way to start with your personas and, and go on from there. The problem is when people like, you know, look at, at risk of sounding like, like we love HubSpot, right? But the problem is, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting in trouble as I'm saying this. The problem with <laughs> sweeping statements like, you know, at inbound, my God, I've probably made so much money off inbound just by stealing all their ideas. But the problem when they make sweeping statements like, okay, Outbound, call, outbound calling is dead. Cold calling, yeah. Cold calling is dead, yeah. right? There's problems with that because I don't think it is. Like, I think, I can't remember if it was Ian or Craig, one of you guys are saying, like, some of your, your most profitable clients have a huge outbound division. So, what say you gents on, on that? Is cold calling dead? I'll let you go first, Ian, and then I'm, because I've got quite a strong opinion on this. No, I don't think it is, to be honest. I actually think that cold calling has its place and and I'll use a particular customer of ours like he has a very finite industry that he operates in he knows the people that he wants to target or the business he wants to work with 
And he has used inbound really successfully to reach a lot of those people. But he's at that stage where he goes, well, I know who I want. Like the next, and I've generally after people have downloaded or they've had interaction with him, they're actually, he's having a conversation or he's calling them up. He's sending them something physical. So he actually uses that calling as a very good technique to connect with people. So I don't think it's dead. And I think being in a very targeted manner, like inbound is, it actually has its place in the whole ecosystem. It's helped him target, hasn't it, though? Totally. Like, that's the thing. It's helped him yeah. target. I know exactly who I'm going after. So it's, what did you call it before? You call it inbound out, inbound the <laughs> sales um, or something. What do we inbound call it? Inbound sales. Yeah, it's like cold calling the inbound way. Yeah. Right? So, and, and I think that's, it has its place. Like, you just think, always, at some point in this process, when you're dealing with a business or a company about a product or a service, you're going to have that conversation, right? It could be that you put a form in or you might have actually even seen it on Facebook and then you get a call from someone. You'd be actually like, yeah, okay, I'm quite happy to talk to you about that because I'm interested, right? Because I always think like if people ring me about something and I have a genuine interest in it, I'm happy to listen to them. Mm. I give them, I'll give them a minute or two. I won't say, no, I'm not interested and be off with them, but I'll actually give them time because that interests me. And I think it's the same with everything else. Craig? Okay, so I totally agree. Outbound calls and targeted cold calling, I'll, I'll define that in a second, is alive and well, and it's very effective. And to your point at the start, which is the inbound movement in some ways has done a disservice in positioning outbound calling as bad and ineffective. And we know from reality or real customers that's not the case. However, what has changed is that targeting, which she mentioned. So we've all had those experiences where we get a call and someone just starts selling us something that has no interest or no value to us. That, of course, I just don't know how that continues. That can't be effective. That is that dead? Well, it's not dead, but it should be. I think it's ineffective. Yeah. But when someone, as to your point, when someone calls for something that is of value and they're not just trying to sell, but they're trying to help or provide value, that's very useful and very effective. And so, yeah, we have customers because we're mainly dealing in mid to large B2B companies and they all the effective, all the successful ones have outbound sales Functions, campaigns. Yeah sales reps calling, often cold calling. And by cold calling, I mean the person that they're contacting has never touched, they've never touched before, they've never experienced the brand or anything. So this is the first contact. So they haven't even seen the website and then getting a follow-up call. They're getting a cold call. But it's targeted because it's to that person, let's say it's a CTO in a bank with a piece of software okay. that is solving a problem that CTOs in banks have, right? That, and to get to the CTO is often through a series of cold calls, through gatekeepers that to get them. But then when they get contact to them and they do talk about the problems and then talk about how they can solve them, they'll often lead to meetings. So we know it's effective. Mm -hmm. And then the question you've got to say is, will the CTO of a bank, were they, are they actually Googling how do I solve this problem and going to a site and downloading a white paper about it? Possibly, but probably not in many cases. So when, like those cases when they're not doing that and how do you reach them and a call does it in a very helpful value intended way, 
outbound calling is very effective. You know, one of the best ways I've had, I've had a few of these actually, where they basically say, look, I'm not trying to sell you anything. Can I just send you some information? And then we'll talk later. I'm like, okay, sure. Send it to me. Yeah. What a good Like, plan. yeah. Like I'm like all the barriers go down. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, what have I, what have I got to lose? Tell me, tell me what it is. Right. So now we're getting on to the, the way to do that. Yeah. The process of doing it. Totally. That was an outbound call. Was it effective? Yes. Yeah. Because of the way you did it. You didn't just try and sell them, you know. That's right. Limited time offer buy. Can I put you down for 10 widgets? It's like, what? Get off. It's yeah. Yeah. Providing absolutely. value. I'll say something different because you guys have answered it really, really well. I think there's something to be said about the art of the sale. Mm. So I'm not a salesperson. I'm not. You know, I've, I don't I've think any of us are. I don't think we are. You know, <laughs> we're doing a podcast and obviously we're giving value and we're doing the inbound way. But I'm not and I'm well, sure. No, can I stop you there? How do you define sales then? Because if you, Brian Halligan and many others will tweet this, mm. selling is providing value. Whereas selling before was, you know, trying to close a deal. Selling now is about... Always value. be helping. So when you say, "Oh, you're not a salesperson," well, maybe not. Maybe you aren't by the old definition, but by the new definition, perhaps you are. And and sure, you're right. You know, like by offering value, and I I do it. I'm sure we all do it from time to time. I have to play that function. Mm. But and you're right, and I think that puts you in good stead. I think the next level is where you have someone who's dedicated to sales, and that's all they do. Yeah. The art of the sales. So uh, you know, our our head of sales, he's he's magnificent. He's great at what he does he's he knows the psychology of sales he knows um the entry points the entrance points and exit points and not to say that i don't know he does a lot better than i do but where we combine quite well we call we, we speak about marketing we probably mm. you know can't won't do it just to see but like working together the marketing sales team working together um you know ian you mentioned a point that i think is quite powerful and quite telling like you speak about, they'll say, um, "Can I email? Can I email you something?" I think that's great because it's the path of least resistance. Yeah, people will always take the path of least resistance. Now, do I do I really want an email from this person? Not really, but would I rather the email or a five minute conversation? Just make, just give me the email. The thing is, if if I've been targeted right, if I'm the right persona, and that piece of content is interesting, the beauty is if you use something like HubSpot. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I think we. we we didn't mention it because it's so obvious. Yeah. But let's, let's let's state the obvious. If you're using something like HubSpot, you've now someone's clicked that link, so you know that they clicked that that click that link. That's right. So you've targeted them, so you know that they've they've spoken to someone. Okay. You know that they've clicked on something. Now for the rest of the natural born life, if they come back to your website, you can target them with smart content. Okay. They'll jump around. You can give them more content. Yes. And I, I love the rule of I can't remember where I heard it, but be helpful. Be helpful, be helpful, then sell. Yeah. So that, that might be... You might email them something that is helpful. Exactly. And then you might remarket them, not with, we're so fantastic, but here's another piece of content. Yes. Here's another piece of content. By the way, we've got a special offer. You do that compared to someone else who's just trying to call you at six o'clock and you're like, look, I'm not interested. It's obviously, obviously going to put you in good stead too. Sorry, it wasn't a quick answer, but I just wanted to add to it's a great what you guys answer. mentioned. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good topic. So speaking of smells... <laughs> and deodorant I'll let you guys kick this off because this was something that you guys came up with alright I'll kick this off because my good wife shared this with me it's called a product is called No Pong right it's a pretty pretty good looking can I I'll, you keep talking I'll take this to the camera yeah I'll take it to the camera video viewers so it was No Pong and um, what has happened so she said oh, I reckon you should try this out 
Obviously, she thinks I smell. It was <laughs> your birthday know. last week too. Is that what you got it for? <laughs> no, no. Right, well, happy birthday, by the way. Thanks, happy birthday. Um, and so what I did is I researched it and I went, and I think actually I was with Craig when I was researching it. And I went, okay, here's this product. I, I'm going to try it out, right? So while we were, before we were recording our podcast, we were preparing, I researched it. I'm like, it just looked like such a product that only females would use. So... I'm like, okay, well, I found somewhere in the FAQs men can use it. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll give it a try, right? So I bought, I think I bought about four or five. I've given Craig one. I've given my mum one. I'm using one. And to be honest, I've actually, it's a fantastic product. Like, and you would attest to so that. So for the audio well, listeners, explain it. Like, how, how does that work a, as opposed to normal deodorant? Look, if it's a deodorant, it, it is a deodorant. Well, it's, it's an anti odor Anti-odorant, anti-odorant they call it. Go to nopong.com. Dot AU, isn't it? No, just nopong.com. Oh, nopong.com, okay. Yeah. Um, and so it's an Australian product. That's why we love it. Um, it's flat and a little tin. It's a little tin. Now, I'll explain to you why it's in a tin. Like, they have a subscription-based program where every month they'll actually send you one. I think it's seven ninety-five. And I think it works great. Like, it, it is a bit different. Like, you've got to use your fingers to apply it. So, that might put people off. But <laughs> Okay, can I, can I say what I think? Yeah, go on. What I think the differentiator for this is, is because I love this product, right? And I, I, I just had a flash that in years to come, this will be the thing that we regret ever talking about. <laughs> right? We go, oh, remember when you talked about? Wow, didn't that kill our careers? But anyway... I'm going to talk about, I think it's a great product, but the problem it solves is not that I smell, well, no more than other people. Like, it's not, that's my, not my problem. The problem I have is that deodorants give me a rash. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I use, a, a sensitive, no alcohol deodorant, yeah. I always get a rash. And after a couple of days of wearing it, I get a, like I get a skin irritation. So that's my problem. Mm. It solves this problem mm. because I can wear it every day. Because it's all natural, it's made from organic and blah blah you can read all this yeah. story on their site that's what it solves the packaging and it's uh, etc is just a nice bonus they've done that really well but it's a really good product and i recommend it to everyone but the reason we're raising it is because everyone should be using this so you know we have this creative top 10 segment that we normally have in our podcast so we thought why don't we have yeah, a creative top 10? I'm now going to get to 10. But for this product, <laughs> no pong. how would we promote it better? Because it's an excellent product. And yet, I yeah, think it's, it is an excellent it's, product. So, there's so many opportunities. Yeah. Can I start? Because yeah. I don't know if I'm going to have more than two ideas. <laughs> so, right? Like, I'm oh, sure, my, my, maybe you should try some right <laughs> maybe now. Maybe I should do a live demo, right? Oh, well, a video demo of this thing. So, when we were talking for the podcast, you guys said, oh, you know, like, no pong. And I had no idea what you guys were talking about. And then you... But someone that had no idea, yes. this is interesting because we've both used it for a couple of weeks now. You've only just heard about it. So this will be really interesting, actually. So, so go on, hit yes. us up. So you guys were just talking amongst yourselves. We're talking about what we're going to be talking about. And you guys have mentioned, oh, what about no pong? And like, I thought, okay, whatever. A part of me did think about... So what is for, no pong? For, for any... Because uh, like, uh, we, we both have uh, international listeners. Yes. I don't think pong carries across Australia... But it's a colloquialism of ours that means smell, right? So a part of me thought, oh, surely it can't be that smell. Like, what a, what a pong, you know? Like, but when you said, I'm like, what is, what is no pong? You're like, it's a deodorant. I cracked up. I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. Because I hadn't heard that in years. It's, yes. it's so, like, kind of colloquial ochre in a way, you know? So, but then you look at this thing, right? So I'll jump into my idea. My idea is a creative execution thing. Yep. So I, I, I think... 
Um, so I yeah, think the question is, the ten, top 10 creative ideas, how could we increase sales of this product? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I had a slightly contrarian view to what um, you were saying before, uh, Craig, you were talking about, oh, I think we should change the name. Where I'm like, I think you go full throttle because it, it's so colloquial. It's so diff. You're right. It's a different product. Own the name. But yeah. then it's quite funny. Like this is this is the funny thing. They have a positioning problem in my mind. Yeah. So it's called No Ponk, but it, it's it's very it's very feminine. And I, I think you mentioned Ian on the website. It's very female. It's very. I'm looking at the sign now. It's very, very cosmetic. Pink. Yeah. You know. So where you would think if you had to pick a persona, it could be unisex, but it probably lean towards male. So my thing would be Own Ponk, right? A creative execution could be like, and I was just thinking of an ad, right? This is my idea is a creative one. Um, you might have like a bus shelter and if you can imagine a dude sitting right at the end of a bus shelter and everyone else and it's like exaggerated right Every, like eight people sitting on the other end and like underneath it says uh, Pong <laughs> right that makes sense right away to yes, Aussie, right? Totally, and that's the market totally. for this underneath the next panel the split screen is no Pong and everyone like either you go the links route and you know you have women on him but you yeah. don't have to be like that or either you have People shaking his hand, taking photos of him, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, another idea was at the airport, like you know, this thing you can travel with this thing. Yeah. Right. So one could be like, yeah, it's slightly different, but you guys will get the point. One would be like, uh, you know, like, you know, the whole thing with United Airlines right now. Like, let's talk about newsjacking, right? The guy got dragged off the the plane, and everyone had uproar about United. You could kind of play off that. Yeah. You could have the alternative, and you have like someone being dragged off. You know what I mean? And you have to you see aerosol cans on the bottom. <laughs> He's being arrested by, you know, whatever they call them in America, TFA or whatever it is, at the Aviation Authority, TSA. TSA. And then you could have one with no pong. Yeah. And he's getting through. He's got a red carpet. Yeah. yeah. Shoes, yeah. You know? So I, I don't know if that counts as two ideas no, or one. No, that's good ideas. Can I jump in on that? It's because you've actually identified personas there. Like the bus stop example is around someone that's got a problem with smell. Correct. And I think you're right. The no pong... Um, yeah, it's really addressing that. But there's different personas because I'm not that persona. My persona is skin irritation. Mm. The other persona you've just highlighted is travellers, which is actually a really good fit and you could target exactly for the traveller. It's the travel pack because, yeah, not big aerosols. It's not going to get... That's true, yeah. So that's yeah. actually a really nice targeting piece for travellers. Um, going back to your idea about no pong, yeah, there is something Australian about it. It's like, give us the air guard and the thongs and the... And the, the no pong, what a pong. <laughs> you know, what a pong. Yeah, oh, give him the no pong. Yeah, yeah you can <laughs> definitely see that become part of his, kind of the vernacular. It's kind of like yeah. the no pong if it became a big enough brand. But I actually wanted to rebrand or, or not, not actually change their brand, but have another brand, exactly the same product, but targeted different, more premium, I think the no pong thing works for a certain demographic, but for mm. me, when when you first gave it to me, I was like, I don't know, I don't like the name, and is it for girls? Yeah, and that, like that's right. It wasn't and until I, and I, I tried had to, it. I had to look it, it was hard. a hard sell. I was like, I'm not going to use that, but then I used it, and it worked so well. I I now love it, but I'd love to see it rebranded, kind of in a premium way, and a like a cool name. Like it could be called Zero, or you know. Zero mm. smell or zero uh, pong, zero I irritation, zero yeah. or, or something that more. name suits the current positioning that they have, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. a premium kind of brand, definitely one targeted for guys versus targeted for women. You could also maybe, maybe it's for kids or teenagers as well, like that kind of thing. So, yeah, that whole branding piece, I think there's so many cool. different ways, and you wouldn't have to rebrand the whole product, you could just run <laughs> test sites, you could mic microsite test that, yeah, as another brand. 
So can we say that's at least three ideas? That's at least three. Because yeah. I, I like I really want to get through ten. Like you know. Oh no, we've got <laughs> yeah, cool. Right, good. Yeah, so we okay. So to recap, we've got changing the brand, uh, a creative angle, owning Pong if you if you yeah. do that separately, and um, the personas, defining personas. Yeah. Look, I think from a purchase purchase perspective. There's been, I, I, I really, what I did love was the packaging it arrived in and the card that was in there. I've had no email follow-up or retargeting. I've visited the site a few times. I've told quite a few people about it. So even in terms of, I think, one, email follow-up, be retargeting people or retargeting like audiences of people that have bought uh, no pong, which would be, I think, a great way. And I'm pretty sure... <laughs> looking at the people on their Facebook and probably the people who bought between the two you could actually get a really good return on that well that's a couple of ideas there yeah uh, I'll say another one which I think is content around the specific problem so yes there's back, no back to myself <laughs> and my own problem Skinner and patient that's got to be a big problem that, Absolutely. I'm not the only I don't one. think you're, you're and if you look in the supermarkets at all the different deodorants there's always that sensitive or the no irritation and alcohol like it's a big market right none of them solve it this one does so i think content around that specific problem point mm. and highlight and just promoting that content you don't even need to promote the product you're just like have you got a problem with deodorants giving you skin irritations here's how to solve it like that i would read that i'd click through to read that and then you just retarget to me or whatever so i think there's a content piece there that they can get into as well um, I just thought of one, just real quickly, while you guys while you guys are drawing up the rest of yours, um, is if the female market is already doing quite well, like if they've carved off that and they currently own the female, I don't know how long they've been around for, but if they currently have some sort of following or some sort of you know you know market penetration into that particular audience, they could extend it to their partners, right, in a fun and novel way. Like everyone kind of jokes, it's like oh you know you know Chris Kringle, you know I've got a deodorant, like someone gave me a deodorant, what are they trying to say, right? But you could have gift packs. So you could have, you know, his and hers. So you could have like, oh, it's going to sound That's like, great. No, no pong for him, no pong for her. Well, I was thinking ping pong, <laughs> right? That's great. <laughs> I was thinking having a ping and having a pong. Yeah, so right. like the ping is black or the pong is black or whatever it is. And there's a ping pong. So you get a black and you get a whatever. The husband can't be offended because his wife is also taking it as well. And it's quite a novel execution of utilizing the existing market. I, I reckon that's a great idea. In fact, just going back to on the website, if they had... When you choose it, you just go, I'll get the no pong for him or the no pong for her. Exactly the same product, just different package. They'd almost sell twice as much, I think, because that was the key thing. I was like, is this for me? Is this for women? Yeah, I struggled. What would be funny is if they (laughs) contact us and say, no, it's just for women. (laughs) (laughs) I can guarantee it's not because I looked at the FAQs. I I dug it out somewhere. But, but just by but even that, that was really hard. Just putting put that on the yeah. side, having two no pong for no, you'd almost sell twice as much, even though it's exactly the same. Can, no pong, if you guys are listening, can you tell Inbound Shots is looking for a sponsor? <laughs> you know, real, real problem we're trying to solve here. <laughs> cool. And do you know what I didn't really see on the website was there was nothing. I went looking for an about page because that was my reaction. Like mm. I think in a lot of it is on the home page. Didn't really. I think what I didn't see was, I saw no, I can see pictures of, I think the owner, um, demonstrating how to put it on, apply it, and pictures of other women, but I didn't see any shots of men. 
Yeah. Now, when I went to the Facebook, I kind of saw some scattered shots of men. But I struggled because I, I struggled with this with you. It was like, is this for us or yeah. is it not for us? Yeah. And I had to really go looking. <laughs> so having an about page would be really good. There's so, just having there's so much. When you look at the site, there's so many opportunities there. Absolutely. You can get to <laughs> along the website. There's a dude sniffing a girl's armpit. That's great. Yes, yeah, so that, 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 that's fantastic. That, that, oh, there, yeah. That kind of actually put me off. It's like, Correct. oh, maybe this is yeah, yeah, and that's why I'm thinking like a premium brand wouldn't do that. It use a totally different set of imagery. They don't know who they are yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's very like but premium the thing positioning. Is it's such and a good product. This is it's a fantastic. Thing. Product. It's an excellent product. I'm just waiting to go gangbusters. I'll give you what another. Else? I'll give you another idea. I, um, a few more. So as good as that packaging is. One of the things you've got to do is you've actually got to use your finger to put it on. Yeah. Which is kind of a bit weird at first, but it's actually fine once you get used to it. But I think a different, some other packaging options, maybe like a stick applicator or that kind of thing could be good. It's the kind of thing that I can imagine, yeah, you just want to pull out of your bag and put on something where you yeah. don't want to get in your fingers. So I think some other packaging options there. I'll admit it kind of sounds a bit gross, but it's no different to a roll-on, really. No. Really. You know what I mean? Like, and it's maybe not... I'm sure everyone thinking this is thinking the same thing I thought. They're listening to this, thinking a lot like two fingers, putting their <laughs> fingers in something that looks... This is really going to turn you off. I hope you're not eating. It's something that looks like toe jam, like with two fingers. Toe that's jam. disgusting, <laughs> right? But no, but when you actually look like there's one image and I don't think they do a proper job of answering that particular... You've, I can see you're looking at FAQs, but the, the particular job of application where there's one sort of image there that, that she's using her palm, like yeah. you use hair gel. You know what I well, mean? Well, like, I was going to say in the morning. That's how I put. Like, I get I get out of the shower. That's when I put it on, and then I. It's just like a minute. Just I put like a bit it, of product. Yeah. Product. I put a little product in my hair. It's kind of just part of the routine. The You're right, routine. and you know what's actually interesting is that on the homepage it kind of has the three easy steps: just buy, apply, smell fresh all day, right? But if I go to the directions page, I don't see any of that visual content that tells me how to use it. It kind of talks about what the ingredients are. You can't assume. Yeah. And the tips, which to me was, yeah. All right, that's got to count for another idea. Yeah, that's sure. definitely another idea. The other thing is an influencer. All you need to get is one or two key influencers to use this and talk about it on Instagram or something like that. And I could just see this exploding. You just need to get the right person. Okay. To, can you imagine if The Rock... You got Dwayne Johnson. Oh so man, here's a bit of this. He could sell because he would love it, and that would, you know, that. Of course, that would never happen. These he could sell pop puree. That wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> I love it. But I know what he's saying. Like, but you like know, a, those personas a, a find few, that a few influencers. Yeah, find yeah. that influencer and go after that market. Yeah, absolutely. And then those targeted. We touched on this at the top. Those targeted pieces, and I think the traveler one that you raised is a really good one. I hadn't thought of that, but that's a perfect, perfect, perfect persona to target, and you could do that in a really <clears throat> niche way. So yeah, that's a nice one few others maybe there but yeah look people are going to say you spoke about it talked about it in your own for, for 20 like, minutes yeah <laughs> well i think that's a good way to end that is a good way to end <laughs> on a smelly note well one thing i've learned is you guys have listened to the most metrosexual inbound marketing <laughs> nice podcasts <laughs> on the internet so yeah it's been it's been fantastic um any closing words from you guys i i love people's feedback uh, as to whether you enjoyed this and whether you enjoy the conversation we're having and is it valuable to you? Like, did you learn something? My key with everything, and we were talking about books today, is there one thing that you can take away from this conversation and implement in your business or in your marketing that's going to change the way you, you get a result? If you can do that, 
then we've we've done we've, we've done well. Mm-hmm. If you Last haven't, words. let us know. And if you stink, you know where to go. Nofong.com. That's it, nofong.com. Seriously, they owe us something. Like, seriously, that, this is just crazy. Guys, there is on, um, you'll find in the respective show notes of both our podcasts, the video version. So definitely check it out. Um, yeah, and we'll join you next time for another episode of... Another crossover episode of... Inbound Shots. Until next time. See you guys. See you. later. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.